Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody, and a happy Monday to you here at News Radio 1070 WKOK. It is the Steve Jones Show. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And every Monday show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, or go to purdyinsurance.com. Home, auto, life, business, all the latest insurance needs to protect what matters most, all available at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury or purdyinsurance.com. And we start a big week, too, here on the show because it's draft week. Round one of the NFL draft from Cleveland, Thursday night. we got a couple of guests lined up. Looking like we'll have John Clayton tomorrow. Not totally set in stone yet, but hopefully we'll have John Clayton tomorrow, the professor, to break things down, get a chance to see what he's hearing at that very moment tomorrow. And then Thursday, we will have the great Mel Reese back on with us at 335 to give his take on the draft for the Eagles side of things. Steelers-wise, obviously we'll have Neil Kulong. Hoping to, we reached out to a couple other guests, so we'll definitely get the other side covered too. But that's a look at right now. So we're excited for this week and plenty to get to it today of where things stand right now for the draft. But first, we have to pay tribute to Sean Lee, the great Cowboys and, of course, Penn State linebacker who has decided to retire today. This is from ESPN's Todd Archer, who announced that earlier today. And, of course, Sean Lee, this was a second-round pick in 2010 out of Penn State, two-time Pro Bowl selection in 2015 and 2016, unquestioned leader of that Cowboys defense. He told ESPN, it's been a complete honor. I've been blessed to play for the incredible Jones family with such great coaches and teammates that I love like brothers. I loved every minute playing and tried to pour out my heart and soul into winning and helping my teammates at all costs. And, of course, he mentioned the injuries being a main concern, and he said would it, saying they, are, they were frustrating would certainly be an understatement, but the support he received through them all was humbling, and lessons learned will, will last a lifetime through that, no doubt about that. That would have been, or he would have been a Hall of Famer had injuries not kind of plagued him a little bit there. Led the tackles. Led the Cowboys in tackles in 2011 and 2015 through 17. 
He owns five of the top seven tackle games in team history, including 22 against the Giants in 2016, 14 career interceptions, two of them for touchdowns, five fumble recoveries, two forced fumbles, 59 tackles for loss, and four sacks. And he's officially been credited with 995 tackles for his career. That's good for eighth in team history. Average 8.4 tackles per game, the most among the top 10 tacklers in team history. So he'll, you definitely know, obviously, what he meant to that team. He just played nine games last season after he had the sports hernia surgery in September. Was starting to feel better at the end of the year. Contemplated a return, but obviously decided not to, considering all the injury history. And really, the Cowboys have been in better shape with linebackers now, especially with guys like Jalen Smith, who is back from his own injury history. After being drafted out of Notre Dame, has done pretty well now. And, of course, uh, Leighton Vander Esch anchoring the middle there for the Cowboys has done a good job. And when I remember Sean Lee for as far as his Cowboys career goes, of course he did all over the th- all the places you can think of for Penn State. Let's just get that straight. But in terms of what he did on the NFL level, I was just looking back through some of his highlights today. And of course, we all know the pick six he had in his rookie season against Peyton Manning at home. He had the other reception in uh, 2017. So you remember some of those plays too, but a majority of those plays he had was either the first one to make a tackle in the backfield for a run stuff, or he's joining in on the on the run stuffs, or he's there to pounce on the ball for a fumble recovery, you know, something like that. So they're not. They're important plays, no doubt. They're noticeable plays, but they're not like big-time flashy plays like the picks and the pick sixes and things like that. That was just the kind of player he was for that Cowboys team. He was vocal, now, no doubt, but what he did on the field by example was what really led that team. And when the Cowboys couldn't make some of those plays in the in the times and all the times he was out, you could you that's when you could notice it. When he's in there, you'll know you know the name, of course, and you know he's the leader of the defense. But it's like, all right, cool, you know he's doing his job. That that's the play. And then when those don't those plays don't get made as consistently, that's when you're like, oh yeah, Sean Lee's not there. He he was he had that kind of a career, and he definitely would have been a Hall of Famer again, as I mentioned before, had he not had this kind of injury history. So, Sean Lee retiring today after 11 seasons with uh, the Dallas Cowboys and, of course, a terrific career with Penn State. We'll continue. I'm sure Steve will give his thoughts once we get him hooked up here from the Sunbury Motor Studio. And then real quickly now on the draft before we take a break and get Steve in here. What happens now at four with the Falcons? (laughs) All bets are off. The amount of different reports I've heard of teams trying to move up, whether it's for a quarterback, whether it's for Kyle Pitts, uh, this is the time, I mean, really the last, we'll say, week or so, has been the point where you're going to hear all different sorts of reports, and majority of them will probably be smoke screens. But I was intrigued to hear the fact that the Eagles might try to move up to number four. I I heard, I I think it was Jason Lockin four that had this up there that the Eagles could try to trade up for Kyle Pitts, could be in that mix too. 
And last, and a couple days before you heard it was Denver. And I don't hate it for the Eagles. A lot of people are saying, well, why didn't they just stay at six? Because you're getting another first-round pick out of it. Listen, I'm not a, a huge trade-down person either. But with the way the Eagles are right now, where they have so many different holes they need to fill, you're, either way, you would get a good player at 12 overall. Especially the way the quarterbacks are going now. So, that's kind of intriguing. What happens at fours, or the Falcons can still take a quarterback too. Who knows who are the, who the 49ers are going to take? I think they're stupid if you don't take Justin Fields at number three. But they like Mac Jones, and they're just not in between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, it seems like. And that Trey Lance, I really don't understand at all. But we, we've talked about that before. I think there's not enough tape for him. He hasn't played football in a very long time. I know that's... Well, we had Peter King on here a couple weeks ago. That's 11 of the 50 top 50 picks opted out last year. I get that. But I think that's really, really big for a quarterback. And the one game he did play, as I mentioned before, it was his own little showcase type thing. He was meant to play good in that game. So that's just one of the many storylines we're going to watch this week. So we're going to take a quick break. Steve will join us from the Stunbury Motors studio. After this on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance, and now that the warmer weather is on our minds, all of us at Purdy Insurance are ready to pair you up with the right coverage for that boat, RV, motorcycle, or jet ski. Enjoying the great outdoors is easy with the right coverage. Give Purdy Insurance a call at 570-286-5855, send us an email, or visit our website at purdyinsurance.com to see what we can do for you. with his first, Sean Lee. Touchdown. Everybody got set, Goff throws, pass picked. Lee, Sean Lee. Still going. Inside the 10, and his first interception since 2017. Joe Buck with those two calls as Sean Lee, after 11 years, announced his retirement today with the Dallas Cowboys. It is amazing a mediocre Cowboys defense was exponentially better when he was out there. I'll tell you the Sean Lee moment I remember. There's a lot at Penn State. A lot at Penn State. But I go back to his true freshman year in the Orange Bowl. In the fourth quarter, Paul Pozlesny got hurt on a blitz. Suddenly, the true freshman, Sean Lee, is out there replacing him. We're in one of the overtimes, one of many that night. There were three of them. I look over Jack at a commercial break, and I said, I said, you know what's amazing about Sean Lee is that you wouldn't know the Pozlesny was out of there. And Paul was, you know. You know, Pozlesny, Connor, Lee started together at one point. They played between them. They played, what, 26, 27 years in the NFL between the three of them? Holy mackerel. How about that linebacking core? This is going to be an emotional week, and uh, we are headed for one of the great downers of all time uh, by the end of the week. But it could be entertaining for you, the audience. 
The Eagles are going to make a draft pick on Thursday night. Matt is going to freak out. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. You are not going to like what they're going to do. Now the rumors are trying to move back in the top ten. That's what I also referred to in the, in the opening segment, Steve, when you were joining us, because I, I, I don't hate going back in and those, and I just said, those who are like, oh, why don't they just stay at six? Because they can get a first-round pick then, and as I've said before, the Eagles have so many holes to fill that they would be able to get somebody, a good player, and fill a need at 12. Now they can try to move back up if they if they want to, because the Falcons are apparently taking calls now. I don't know if they're going to have the ammunition to, but we'll see. I, I, I think they do have the ammunition, too, I guess, but we'll see. And I, if it's for Kyle Pitts, fine. It just better not be for a quarterback because I have heard that, too. I've heard it's either for Pitts or a quarterback. <laughs> That's when the gaskets will be blown if it's a quarterback. But if it's for Kyle Pitts, go for it. Then I'm rooting for a quarterback. It would be great for the show. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you someone who won't be happy about that either, and that's a great Merrill Roots. He'll join us Thursday. Oh, Merrill's with us Thursday. We're also going to have uh, Dick Girardi this week, too. To talk about the Kentucky Derby. Yes, the Kentucky Derby's the end of the week, you know. Just to remind everybody, the Kentucky Derby is on Saturday after rounds four through seven are over with in Cleveland. Matt will not be able to relax and watch the race. He'll be too wound up. <laughs> I, on the other hand, will have my feet up, enjoying it. <laughs> Usually from the fifth round on, I don't get as as riled up if I don't like a pick. I don't get it riled up on anything anymore when it comes to this. I just don't. Like, eh, whatever. <laughs> and I respect you for that. <laughs> okay. We'll just work with what they gave us. Onward and upward. We do have a lot to talk about on the show today. We do, you know, Penn State basketball did get a couple transfers coming in. Uh, one of the all-Big South player. Uh, another one, the Mac with an extra A, Metro Atlantic, player of the year out of Siena, coming in. Uh, I don't know if you saw John Rothstein's tweet about who's Isaiah Brockington's looking at. <laughs> I looked at it and went, okay. I, okay. I, tw- I texted it to Dick. He had the same reaction to it. I was like, okay. All right. But that's, that's his choice. Then we have something to talk about the practice on Friday night which obviously I was at. We did not broadcast it this time as we did the broadcast on the 17th. The circumstances dictated they were allowed to have three more practices because of the circumstances. And so they took it. The last practice had originally been scheduled for the 17th. That's why that was the day that Jack and I did the broadcast. So... If people have wondered why we did not broadcast on Friday night. And I'll talk about the practice coming up as well. We're going to have Matt Leon next half hour. 
looking at the possibility of John Clayton tomorrow, Merrill Reese on Thursday, Dick Girardi before the week is out. We're also going to get Bill Bender's sporting news on, have a little fun with him. Uh, but right now, we have uh, Catrillo Draft Watch. <laughs> we have a lot of people in the station just popping by just to keep an eye on you. Hope you don't mind. Just because we care. I'm used to it. I have several texts here from Lisa. Whatever you can do, help us. I, mean, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Why is Daddy so mad at some guy named Howie? <laughs> well, son. <laughs> I'm just telling you. It's, it's, it, we're concerned. They don't. They they don't draft people you like. Well, we'll see. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> okay, on a scale of one to ten, what's your confidence level? Uh, I'm going to go with the six. Mm, it's higher than I thought. i got to give you credit. You've become an optimist. Based on said reports, if I if I were to, if you were to ask me last week, I probably wouldn't have went with a five, but... Based on said reports I've heard since, I'm going to go six right now. What reports have you heard that kicked it up a notch? Well, th- this Kyle Pitts thing, and oh. that they're and that now that they're probably looking at a receiver or cornerback. Now, I wasn't too high, but I'd be okay with the offensive tackle that was last week's report. So, I'm feeling a little bit better now, but you still never know because I'm still hearing the letters QB involved with the Eagles and I don't want, I hate that very much. That's because you've got the guy. You've got the man. Supposedly, yes. You've got Jalen Hurts. I mean, I like him, yeah. I'd rather stick with him right now than draft somebody. Let's see. Peter King. Who does Peter have? J.C. Horn, defensive back, South Carolina. I would love it. Darius Slay last year gave up 77% completions. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. You know, I think it's appropriate that our sponsor today is Purdy Insurance. Because before the Eagles draft, we may have to up the insurance policy for Matt. (laughs) Auto, home, life, business, they are the pros, pros in insurance. Look, anytime you're involved in any business, trust is really important. And that's where Purdy Insurance comes in. Great people you can trust. And that just makes life so much easier when you have trust. And they're the pros' pros. They get it done. And they'll do everything they can 
to save you money. Why? Customer service means a lot to them. It's all at Purdy Insurance, Market Street, and somebody go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Steelers will draft 24, a lot of talk that it might be Najee Harris. The Eagles are currently drafting at 12, but we think that they're moving up. Huh? They'll move back into the top 10. It's a big move. They move back into the top 10. To take the quarterback from UCLA. Uh. Sure, he's not on the draft board. But this is the kind of inspired pick where you're smarter than everybody else. You okay? I'm I'm calm, cool, and collected. Cool as a cucumber. Let me run a name past you. It's really important. I, in fact, Lisa, I know you're listening. Adam Purdy, more insurance. <laughs> uh, all right. With that, let's turn to Philadelphia, and let's bring in Matt Leon. Sir, welcome. Always a pleasure. Good to be with you. All right, so what's the lean on what the Eagles, at least positionally, might do at 12? I I think it's wide open. I think it is wide open that they stay at 12 and wide open what direction they go. I think they need they need just about everywhere. I think we've talked about this, but they need impact. I think they need something to get the fan base excited. And so that would lead me to believe wide receiver. I think wide receiver is would be first among equals uh, sitting there at 12. But I think it's also very possible they could move down. I don't think it's out of the question, even though they moved from 6 to 12, that they jump up a little more to get back into the top 10. I think it's a, it's very fluid, but they need help everywhere. So... In theory, you would think that makes it easier that you just take the best name on the board that's highest on your list, but uh, anyone who's paid attention to the Eagles draft know that uh, they are notorious for outthinking themselves. So we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> yeah, they are notorious for that. Um, they're in a position now where, I mean, there are people that probably would want to move up to 12 at some point. But at least when they were at what, they were at six before, mm-hmm. um, with all the quarterbacks in there, and I don't know what I think, who knows what Miami wants to do at six. They may they may trade down themselves, but they were I thought in an advantageous position. Did you feel like in terms of the number of picks they got that the deal that they made to give up six to move back to twelve was right for them in terms of quant- uh, quantity? Yeah, I think it was. Could they have probably gotten more by waiting? You know, probably. But this lets you set things up. They get that first next year. They've got the possibility of having three first-round picks next year. Uh, I think overall, it was a, a good draft, a good trade, and a trade a team in their position should look to make because 
I don't care who the if they one person is not going to fix what ails the franchise. So they need to to get a lot of hits here, not just one home run. Although a home run would be nice in the first round sure. for a change. Right. And no, it's good it's look, it's good publicity wise to hit a home run in the first round. Mm-hmm. And, I mean that's that's a big part of it. It, it would at least give um, until they play, it would give everybody a shot in the arm about them trying to go in, quote, the right direction. How about that? No, absolutely. And uh, I, I think we could see, you know, I don't think they're going to – they will make a first-round pick. I don't. I can't see them making a deal, no matter how much it gets them down the road, a deal that takes them out of the first round completely or gives up the pick. But uh, I – I think it's very possible they could do something where they trade down again and say in the first round but pick up something, either a second or third this year and a future pick. I I think that's very much on the table. All right, uh, let's get to the Sixers now for a moment. When you look at the Sixers, what they've done the last couple of weeks, obviously the playoffs are on the horizon. How well are they positioned right now between guys being hurt, guys being in the lineup, and quality of play? I think they've struggled. They've had a lot of guys out, and I think I just saw that they've got four guys that are up in the air for the, their next game. Um, it's really hard to get a read. The schedule's been very – they've played a lot of good teams lately, and they haven't had a lot of success the last week and a half, but they've also been missing Ben Simmons. Tobias Harris has missed time. Yeah. Uh, so it's really hard to kind of, you know, judge what they're – where they are. Um, I think – Assuming they get back to full strength in the playoffs, whether they're the one, the two, the three, I, I think they will be fine and they will be a force. Um, they don't have – most of the injuries slash illnesses are things that, in theory, will be ready to go come playoff time. So uh, I think they'll be fine for that. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, Tobias Harris, what kind of X factor can he be once they get to the playoffs? Oh, he can, because obviously, you know, Embiid's going to be at the top of the list and circled on every blackboard uh, in the locker room prior to the game. And Ben Simmons, you know, is a special talent. I think Harris has a chance to be a guy who uh, can be kind of an X factor. He's His scoring has ticked up this year. He obviously, you know, I think the best basketball of his career has been both with the Clippers in here with Doc Rivers as his head coach. So, Tobias Harris could absolutely be a difference maker uh, in the playoffs, Diego, because when somebody like Harris is your third option, you're in a pretty good place. All right, so what does Doc Rivers mean to this? You know, it's not like Brown was you know, bad, uh, but what can Doc Rivers and his experience mean to them moving forward? I think he's got the, the – you know, I think one of the problems with – Brett Brown, and I say problems kind of in air quotes, is I think sure. it just had gotten stale. Yeah. You know, seven, eight years, I forget exactly. That's a long time, and Brown was forced in a lot of situations because the franchise was in such disarray to kind of be put front and center in places and talking about things he probably I say shouldn't have been talking about, uh, shouldn't have had to have been talking about. And I just think it got old. And, you know, they brought in a voice in Doc Rivers who not only is obviously a great coach but was a guy in the league, was a high-level guy in the league as a player. I think that carries a lot of weight. And a lot of times it's just a different voice. And it's just somebody 
you know, but but I think Doc Rivers has the the resume and the pedigree where what he's saying, guys are going to listen. All right, the Phillies. What do you see with them right now? Uh, and uh, they're going to be the Sunday night baseball game coming up with the Mets. So what are you seeing with them? Um, I'm a little surprised. I thought they'd hit. Like, I thought yeah, they'd too. be a much more consistent offensive team. And, you know, Bryce Harper's been fantastic. Reese Hoskins has produced. He hasn't been as consistent, but I think the level of production's been okay. JT Realmuto's been good, but Andrew McCutcheon has really struggled, struggled to the point where you're starting to see some columns and some stories of whether or not, you know, he's at the end of the line. Um, they've got nothing out of center field. Uh, they've got holes in the lineup that I didn't anticipate. Um, and starting pitching, I think one through three, you feel good. I gave the back of the rotation more credit. It's been a disaster. I thought it would be serviceable. Yeah. Um, so there's work to do there. Uh, and they're not very good defensively. Um, I don't know what you do about that. Like, Didi Gregorius has really struggled. I don't think that's going to continue. I think it's kind of a, a slump, for lack of a better term. But they've got a lot of issues, and they've been terrible on the road. Um, I still think they can be in contention for a playoff spot, but I'm not nearly as uh, confident as I was a couple weeks ago. How do you feel? I mean, I, you alluded to a little bit to the pitching part. But how do you feel about the starting rotation? I like. I think Nola Wheeler and Eflin. You feel like you're going to have a guy out there every day that can give you a chance to win. No doubt. Um, you know, Anderson and Matt Moore. I thought specifically Moore. I thought would be a nice signing and a guy Me that too. maybe you could catch lightning in a bottle. Not so far. Um, you might see Spencer Howard in that rotation soon, the youngster. Um, but the back of the rotation is going to be an issue. Uh, and past Howard, it'll be interesting to see what they try to do. And it might determine, you know, that could be a position where if they're in this thing in June and July, uh, if they're going to make a quote-unquote big move, you know, it might be for a – you know, a number three, a, a solid starting pitcher. The minor leagues are finally going to get going here. Yeah. So moving forward, what can that mean as we get to July about the ability of the Phillies to competently, without guessing, uh, fill certain spots in the roster? Oh, absolutely. You'll get a, you know, you'll have a much more complete picture of what guys can do, um, a much more complete picture when it comes to making trades. Um, you know, it'll it'll obviously help. But uh, I was really, you know, I think one of the things I liked about the team is I thought that the starting rotation would keep them in just about every game. Yeah. And top three have absolutely done that. The back end has been awful. I don't think they've had a, back, a fourth or a fifth starter more. Anderson, I don't think, has lasted into the fifth inning this year. And that's just untenable. Which, I, yeah, I, which has really surprised me. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. realize it, it happens where a guy just has a day. Mm-hmm. Right? That's fine. But, like, when every day is a day, that's not good. No, absolutely. In a game like yesterday, you know, they took a 2 nothing lead. Now you're in Colorado, so chances are you're not going to win that game 3-1. to one. But <laughs> it went from 2 to nothing to 7-2. to two. It went from a game you were leading to a game that was gone, that was done. 
right. in the matter of 35 minutes. Like, and you just can't have games like that are going to happen, but they've had too many of them already. And it's almost all been games that have been started uh, by the fourth or fifth starter. Yikes. All right. Always appreciate it, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Trying to bring a semblance of sanity and sense to the NFL draft. As well as other areas. Agree with everything he said. I think they should trade for the Jefferson kid. Oh, that's right. They could have drafted him last year. I forgot. Kind of a sword subject. Yeah. Hurts. That's your guy. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, you're making me go down from a six the more you bring that up. It's okay. That's my job. My job is from an entertainment point of view to have you down to a two by Thursday. <laughs> I, I think by Thursday I can have you in full panic mode. Thanks. Meanwhile, pacing back and forth, right, with his Najee Harris doll in the corner office. <laughs> S-U-I-T, that spells suit Wait, <laughs> <laughs> he's got Najee Harris bobbleheads. Well, I should pick him, the Steelers should. Yeah, even though people are now saying, yeah, maybe the complete running back is Travis Etienne. I like him too, but if I had to choose between the two, I go, I go Harris. Steelers will take a defensive tackle. Back with more in a moment. Or a linebacker. <laughs> Back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Sitting there and contemplating exactly what kind of coverage Lisa Catrillo needs to get through the week with Matt. <laughs> There's an old show many, many years ago okay, entitled All in the Family. It starred Carol O'Connor, Gene Stapleton, uh, Rob Reiner, and Sally Struthers. And Archie Bunker's wife, Edith, was going through some issues. So the son-in-law sits down with Archie, and they're in the chair, and he says, did you go to the doctor today? He says, yeah, he says... He says, so what did he tell you? And he says, well, he prescribed these pills. He says, he's going to give pills to Ma. He says, no, they're for me, for my nerves. <laughs> That's your situation. <laughs> you know, Steve Engel can probably relate to me because he may have had to pull something out of his back pocket when Jordan Love got picked. He's a Packer fan, so maybe he can hook me up with that same stuff. He's got Aaron Rodgers. You have nothing. <laughs> yeah, but I would have been equally as angry had the, with uh, the Jordan Love pick. Uh, not the pick I would make. So there you but, go. He can relate. Yeah, but you see, but not. It's not Jordan Love's not your starting quarterback. Okay, Jalen Hurts is your starting quarterback. Right. Meanwhile, back in the corner office with the Najee Harris bobblehead. <laughs> this is his guy. 
You, sir, are my hero. Sealers will take a kicker. Back with more in a moment. You're on <laughs> News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Well, great to have you with us. NBC is going to be out of the hockey business after this season. They have told the NHL that they are pulling out of the bidding for the additional contract ESPN already has. Now, they had a 10-year contract at $200 million a year. The ESPN contract is for $400 million a year, so the NHL is guaranteed getting more money. There's still another package out there. The rumor is, is that Guess who might win it? Hmm. Here's here's a hint. They don't carry the drafts, so you won't be watching them this week. Fox. Turner. Whoa. Turner may be the winner when it's all said and done to get three Stanley Cup finals plus a regular season. Yeah, plus the regular season for seven years. So in seven years, they get the regular season, some playoffs, obviously, and then three Stanley Cup finals. But Turner might end up being the winner in it. So Turner would then have Major League Baseball. This is pretty stunning news, Steve. There's just so many questions that I now have when it comes to this. Because I don't know of anybody that does hockey right now on Turner, unless Turner now hires all those different talent. We'll have to get into this more in the next half hour. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. And Steve is in the Sunbury Motor Studio.